text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Yeah, let me make it very clear. We are talking figuratively here. Walking in sunshine in a bright and enjoyable day in your life, in our program. Don't step outside. There is no sunshine outside. It's drizzly, right? That's not the forecast. No, we're just thinking that way. But we, but we want to bring sunshine into your life. That's why we play this every day around this time to give you a little, a little boost, a little pump up. Some days you can go outside and get the same thing, but today you won't get that. It's drizzly. 68 Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 68 at the Highland. 66 uh, in my backyard at Home Grove, and 66 degrees here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. To a large extent, what you see is what you're going to get today. Uh, just drizzly, might see, might pick up a little bit more, might get a downpour, might even get a little bit of a thunderstorm, but it's just not going to be a, not going to be a great day. And what an idiot I am. Uh, I said to you, I think I'm going backwards, Howard. There has to be something wrong. Well, you dummy, you know what? The rain must be cooling things off out there, Howard, because I think I am going backwards here, and I think it's legit. I think it's cooling off. Yeah, it's well, all right. It's gonna, but it's going to warm up if things go expected. 90 is the predicted high. Well, if it doesn't quit raining out there, Howard, I don't think we're going to see any sunshine. Yeah, I really yeah, don't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking forward to I have I actually have, I have business to attend to today. Uh, but I, I hope to find some time today to sit outside again. You want to sit in the rain, don't you, Howard? I do want to sit. I love to sit in the rain. I love it. No, I, yesterday I sat and I got a little bit wet for it, and that was okay. I was that's ah, fine. A little bit. Of rain. Then the downpour came, and I just got like thoroughly and completely soaked. So I went inside. But I, if a little bit of downpour, I would certainly like to uh, like to do that. Neighbors are gonna start calling you Gene Kelly, Howard. There's Howard <laughs> sitting in the rain. Sitting in the rain. I'm sitting in the rain. Uh, last hour talked with uh, former Congressman Bob Ney about the uh, GOP debate last night. All the presidential candidates except. Donald Trump, who instead was uh, talking to Tucker over on the X. Uh, probably at some point I'll check out how Tucker and Trump did. I have not done that yet. Uh, we were talking, Bob and I, about uh, Mike Pence. You know, uh, Pence is at least a reasonable person. Now, a lot of my conservative or my, my progressive friends say, well, you know, but he is so wildly Christian and, 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 and aggressively so and you know, he calls his wife mother, and a little, a little icky there. Um, and all of that's true. And, and I, as a Christian, I think he takes that way too far, and I disagree with some of his interpretation of Christianity. But having said that, I always thought Pence was at least a reasonable person, and I think we saw that happen January 6th. Trump says, no, just go ahead and, and just you know, screw the election. We'll just pretend like I won. And Trump says, no, that, it doesn't work that way. So these are one of those times where experience means nothing to you, Howard? Why do you say that? I'm well, not because sure. the man was vice president. I mean, he spent a lot of time in the oh, vice no, no, president, no, you know, no, in the White no, House. No, no, what I'm saying is, I, 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 I think I said last hour, if I was forced to pick one of the candidates to vote for, I probably would vote for Pence. And, and you know what? I, I agree with Mr. Ney, uh, the guy with the Habib, with, with his name. He doesn't have Ramaswamy. a chance. All right, okay, there's a difference. 
uh, Obama was an African American man who had had the. I'm not saying the whole country, but the the majority of the country was behind that man. It's never going to happen for him. We're we're just not ready. I sound like Archie Bunker, but we're not ready for that yet. It's not going to happen. Well, I, I'm not sure I want to draw the same. Bob did. And I agree. I don't know. I want to draw the comparison. I think he was making the point about just some, on the name the itself. Name. But but Barack Obama, it wasn't extensive, but look, he was a senator. He had experience. He had been in elected office. Uh, he was in state legislature. Then he was a U.S. senator. He had some experience, um, so it, it's a little. It's, it is. It is a little bit different. Ramaswamy is just one of these. Swami. Guys. When you say Swami, yeah, you say Swami. You might as well stop right there. You might as well say Hitler. You might as well say Charlie Manson. Say all of the above. It's over. Ramaswamy. With. Ramaswamy. It's over with. Uh, Frio Stack Auction Service text line three zero four two one four sixteen hundred. Jesus would not want Mike Pence. Well, I would never want to speak for Jesus, so I'm not going to make. Uh, I am not going to make that comment. Uh, referring to the interview we had with the uh, with Sean O'Leary, and this is the Sean O'Leary. They're both from Wheeling. You know, we have two Sean O'Learys, both from Wheeling. We have we have them both on show sometimes. Sean O'Leary from the Center of Budget and Policy is the numbers cruncher. Sean O'Leary, my good friend, How O'Leary's son. Uh, is with the Ohio River Valley Institute, focuses on fracking and energy and so on. Sean O'Leary, the second one, was with us uh, talking about a new report on fracking. Uh, the Frio Stack Auction Service text line, this dude must have been screwed over on his gas and oil rights somewhere because he hates the business. It is not as gloomy a picture as this guy is painting. I could name some good things that the gas has brought to this area. Don't dispute that. I mean, there there have been some positive things that gas has brought to this area. I think the point that Sean was making, with, I think I would agree with, it has never achieved the potential for the overall community that was predicted. There are individuals who are doing unbelievably well. Let's don't forget what the, the number one factor always is. It's create jobs. And it, that number is never realized as far as I'm concerned. No. It, it did not happen when table games came. That was the issue. I, I really believe in that county vote, you had people that were dead against gambling, but they looked at it and they said, okay, gambling's around us. This will create jobs, and it just didn't happen like it was supposed to. Well, speaking of jobs, a lot of jobs are being cut at WVU, uh, 169 of them, if my numbers are correct in my head. And there's a whole reorganization going on, World Language Department eliminated, uh, creative writing gone, math being shrunk tremendously. Um, and if, you, if you're in one of these ancillary WVU uh, uh, campuses, uh, they said this week that they'll be turning their attention to the ancillary campuses, you know, as well in the near future. Good. They're coming for you, too. There's been a huge amount written about what's happening at WVU. It is seen by many as a bellwether for what is going to happen to higher education in general. Uh, we're going to talk with Dan Bauman, who's written a real couple of pieces, but a really good piece this week, looking at, at how things came to be at WVU and what led us to this moment. Um, and he's with the Chronicle of Higher Education. He's going to join us coming up next. Get 11% off great tools at Menards. Passload's fuel system makes their cordless nailers the lightest weight in the market, provides longer run times between charges, and portability on the job site without hoses or compressors. The Passload Framing Nailer Kit is $324.98 after 11% off. Start working more efficiently and pick one up today. Good through August 27th. Savings are mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care close to home. 
developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery, improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes, offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute, establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff, providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services, and equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the Mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. Lazy summer days are turning to time in the classroom, meeting old friends, and Friday night football. It's back to school, and we're there with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard. I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rose garden along with the sunshine. You know, uh, of course, every Thursday we use uh, country music for our bumper music, and uh, uh, Bob picks them somewhat at random, I guess, although I'm thinking that is somewhat appropriate for the conversation we're about to get into. I beg your pardon, students at WVU and faculty members, we never promised you a rose garden, except maybe they did promise them a rose garden, and uh, somehow the weeds got into it. We have spent a lot of our time recently talking about the uh, cutbacks, the uh, faculty uh, cuts, the uh, reorganization that's being uh, proposed at WVU almost certainly is going to occur. Appeals are happening, but I think it will occur. Um, and a lot of folks have been writing about it as making a lot of national news because WVU is being seen by many as kind of a bellwether for where higher education might go. Dan Bauman has written a, a couple of pieces for the Chronicle of Higher Education, but a really good comprehensive piece that I came across this week, and I invited him to join us this morning. Dan, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. So, um, in a nutshell, give me your give me your pricey of what's happening at WVU. In a nutshell, we can go back and talk about some of the details and so on. But what do you see is happening, and and what are you hearing from other people about this? Sure, sure. I mean, as as you said, it's a bit more complicated uh, than a, a sort of one sentence answer. But basically, right there's there's been a deficit, you know, exacerbated by. Uh, all sorts of things after the pandemic. Uh, on top of that, the university is pointing to changing demographics uh, coming in the next decade, and coupled with you know sort of a, a uh, very aggressive uh, uh, spending cuts plan, uh, has proposed all these these program cuts, uh, what have you, uh, to happen uh, in a very short period of time to uh, you know. Uh, for lack of a better word, right-size the university for for a di very different uh, uh, reality than, you know, was being promised 
say, like five years ago. Now, nobody will argue that if you have a huge deficit, $45 million deficit, you got to do something. I mean, you can't just say, well, heck, we'll just work, work our way through it. So something's got to be done, uh, and it's never particularly good to go back and, you know, lay blame. But I've been saying for some time, and I know you've looked at this, so tell me if you think I'm right, we really have two, two general groups to blame for. Uh, one is the legislature, which uh, chose to not continue higher education funding at the level that it had been. Now, actually, they did, but because of inflation, that cuts that funding down. And secondly, the university, which, in my opinion, should have seen at least some of the problems coming. Yes, there was a pandemic. Who could have seen it? But it didn't, doesn't sound to me as if the university has had enough forward-looking ability. Now, maybe I'm wrong. and Is that somewhat the way you've assessed it? Well, I don't know that I would use the word blame, right? You know, legislatures are, are uh, voted in by constituents, and, you know, if the constituents had felt outraged by state appropriations, uh, you know, so I, I, I wouldn't go as far as blame. I'm, you know, you're more than welcome to use that. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's sort of a mix of, of state appropriations certainly contributed to that in response to the university. Hope to, you know, sort of fill in these gaps by uh, finding enrollment outside the state, uh, you know, expanding their campuses to be, uh, you know, a more, a more lucrative uh, place for uh, people to come. And while enrollment certainly stayed steady, it did not rise to the level that uh, was sort of promised for all these projects. And so uh, it comes as a bit of whiplash, you know, now that we're talking, uh, you know, you spent all this time talking about expansion and spending time and money on expansion. And now you're talking, you know, instead of 40,000, uh, 40,000 student target, now you're talking about an institution that is half that size. The 40,000 number that the uh, Gee gave, I think, geez, back in 2014, something like that, was um, probably even at the time. I mean, at the time, there was a lot of talk about, wow, that is a that's an aggressive number to hit. And then as time went by with the pandemic and other things, and I guess enrollment in general is declining across the uh, higher education, is it not? Yes, you know, and particularly in the, the sort of places where WVU hoped to find uh, students, just like in, in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, you know, uh, critically where uh, not just in the state, but also, uh, you know, in the regions where it, it, its primary market is, uh, it's, it's losing students at a dramatically uh, increased pace as opposed to, say, Texas or the South or California. And so, uh, you know, on top of that, you saw the, the college going rate in West Virginia decline by 5%, which sort of went against the, the national uh, trend at the time. And so uh, a lot of demographic changes happened at the time that I think it's fa- fair to say would have been difficult uh, for, for people to, to anticipate, you know, earlier, though, you know, that doesn't get at the fact of sort of in imagining that an institution would add 10,000 students and in, in such a short t- amount of time. Uh, you know, that sort of assessment is, is wholly different from uh, anticipating those, those uh, more nuanced demographic changes. As you've looked over uh, the, the proposed cuts, the faculty is going to be eliminated, the reorganizations that are being proposed, world languages being cut out completely and so on, um, is it your feeling, as an outsider looking at this, 
that it is strictly a money-driven decision, or are there some priority changes that are being reflected in all of this? I think there's both. You know, I think, you know, the fact is the majors are, are used to, to attract freshmen, right, are used to attract high school graduates. And on top of sort of like, well, you know, somebody who's tenured or, you know, who's who's a full full professor, you know, comes with a whole set of costs. Why don't we, you know, uh, pare down the department to just adjuncts, right, just people who we pay $3,000 a class for. Uh, there's both a, a sort of cost savings analysis on top of the fact that, you know, uh, you can potentially use that money elsewhere in programs that, you know, not not making a values judgment, but a a high school student is potentially going to be more excited to, you know, go to WVU if they're, you know, a video game major or something, yeah. you know, that 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 you can lock them in for four years, you know, even if they don't eventually, even if they eventually change their major, like it, that just getting them in the door is sort of, you know, the first step. And so that's really the, the promise of majors, right, is, is is getting people in the door so, you know, they start paying tuition. It, it is interesting. I draw the analogy with, with the news business to some extent. I'm perpetually trying to debate whether I need to give my audience what they need or what they want. You know, I mean, I and it's it, isn't that somewhat the same thing as happening here in higher ed? Uh, boy, we can put on uh, comic book majors and we can put in uh, video game majors, but but if we do that at the expense of um, the peas and carrots, you know, uh, of, of of learning languages and so on, are we doing the job a higher education institution is supposed to do? And I'm not sure I have an answer to that. I just see it as a perpetual issue that some of us have to argue about is it you know to give people what they need or what they want to give students what they need or what they want sure sure no and it's it's all happening right under this this very different backdrop of of you know when you and i graduated from college is a much different labor market a much uh much uh a deeper uh, uh labor pool and so you know your your employer was looking for uh you know like you said, somebody who was more well-rounded and right. using the college degree as a sort of analog to that, whether that's true or not. But uh, certainly now, you know, they're the sort of uh, we're now seeing people sort of, you know, uh, pull back on on being like, well, do you really need a college degree for this? And and so, you know, to the extent that that I think the the very interesting thing about WVU is whether is whether this is the first of many schools are going to start reassessing you know that that sort of classical idea of the well-rounded uh, person through the liberal arts major uh, and and we're going to see more schools like drop these these curriculum that are are you know have long been considered part of the liberal arts idea but aren't necessarily popular or is you know WVU sort of on its own uh, a story and into itself as it, as it undertakes um, comes to grips I guess with you know this sort of aspiration to be a a major flagship institution uh, but you know has to has to make do with the fact that uh, it's in a state with declining enrollment it's it's not seeing the uh, the state appropriations they would like, and so, you know, is I those are yeah. It remains to be seen, unfortunately. Those stories yet to be written. I've I've seen several uh, people use the phrase "canary in the coal mine" for WVU uh, for other higher education institutions to kind of 
testing out the waters to see. I'm mixing my metaphors there. Sorry about that. But <laughs> testing out the waters to see to see how this works. Um, I do think that uh, everything I've read, seen, and heard, and it's your job to look at this kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of uh, institutions of higher education are keeping an eye on what's happening here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, definitely to be sure that WB is not the first. Uh, institution to cut languages or to, you know, cut cut majors. Uh, what makes it uh, very interesting is that, right, it's the fact, it's the fact that it's this, this uh, large research university, it's this flagship. And so, you know, these, these institutions, you know, hold themselves out. There's a lot of state pride. And well, let's say, you know, we compete against Kentucky, we compete against uh, Penn State, you know, and so, uh you know, there's some sense of like, well, you know, are we going to see other uh, flagships uh, make the same move as as WVU or or is this a WVU story? All this plays out against a backdrop of uh, E. Gordon Gee announcing that he will be well, getting a contract extension, but then it's saying he'll be out of the university in a year. Um whether you like the guy with the bow tie or not, and I actually have always found him, I liked him. But he's the he's been the figurehead. He's been the the vision for this university for some time now. Uh, so he's making all of these changes, spearheading these along with others, of course. Um, and then he's uh, he's I won't say jumping ship, but he's then he will no longer be there, which you know makes me wonder where does university go after E. Gordon Gee? Yeah, it's an interesting you know that uh, the Gordon Gee of it all is very interesting. I will say I. I suspect had Gordon Gee say retired in 2019 that the university's strategy right now wouldn't be all that different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the the one way this the, uh, Gordon Gee complicates this all is right as we've discussed. He, he had this uh, history, you know, uh, going back to 2014 of promising uh, uh, extraordinary enrollment targets that. Uh, didn't materialize and so you know there's a lack of credibility within faculty so to what extent that uh again to what extent that would have been there before is 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 sort of questionable uh at the same time though you know uh he's he's staying on for you know two years which is you know he could have retired presumably you know this year and left somebody to to do the work that he's he's been sort of promoting for the last uh few uh, months and so the fact that he's sticking around is interesting as well you know i i would suspect that he he hopes to write a uh put more uh, power to sort of writing his last chapter rather than have it be written for him uh in a very defeated manner i have not read seen nor heard nor talked with anybody who is supportive of this other than the university administration itself. I am curious, did you, I mean, the faculty that I've talked to, the faculty I've heard speak up, the students obviously had protests this week. I, I've not heard anybody say, boy, this is a great idea. I'm not saying that they're not saying it. I'm just saying I haven't heard any of that or read, seen any of it. Did you talk to folks who think that maybe this is the smart move for WVU? Uh, you know, uh We've certainly talked with about people who are who think about program cuts and think about which you know how how you make those assessments uh, uh, when you're when you have to when you have to cut institutions uh, institutions budgets and so I like I said you know 
we've seen we've seen no shortage of, of institutions, both public regionals and and private, you know, uh, decide when the rubber hits the road. You know, language majors are, are some of the first to go uh, just because they you know, you can you can get uh, much uh, cheaper people, uh, yeah. you know, pay people a lot less to teach the same classes. Uh, on top of the fact that, you know, we're, I, and I think WV has hinted at this, right, that, you know, they're, cons- they're considering changing their curriculum to, you know, sort of eliminate this uh, language requirement eventually. And so, uh, yeah, I certainly, I don't think anybody is comfortable, be, you know, sort of making a values judgment on like what knowledge is, is worth, uh, uh, particularly a public state funded institution is, is worth paying for what do uh, you know what do uh, West Virginia students deserve uh, but I, I I think yeah unfortunately WVU is sort of in the same following this sort of doing the same dance as all these institutions who as they face such a crisis have decided well are we going to cut the MBA program which you know generates X amount of dollars, or are we going to cut, you know, the language program, which certainly generates revenue, but, you know, you could be, you could be making a lot less and, or or you can be making a lot more uh, and using that money to invest in programs that might attract, you know, other 18 year olds. E. Gordon Gee recently said uh, on the station that um, uh, so much of the language uh, people who are signing up for languages are doing so only because they're forced to, because they have to take a foreign language. And if they were not forced to, therefore that language department would begin to languish, uh, which is, I don't doubt for one second, is true, but I think it ignores the fact that why do we have a foreign language requirement to begin with? Now, having said that, in the interest of full transparency, I was a WV, I am a WVU graduate, and uh, I took Latin because I had taken Latin in high school, and so I, I met my foreign language requirement with reading the Aeneid. I don't know why, but it seemed somehow easier than Spanish for me, so I kind of dodged that. But the idea that that just that if we don't have a requirement, then they won't go to the foreign languages, that's certainly true, but the question is, why did you have the requirement to begin with? That's a personal opinion, but that's my thought on it. Sure, sure. No, and I think the fact that he's sort of hinting at that is an indication that whenever curriculum goes up for review that, you know, the university is going to push for the elimination of that requirement. Uh, they're, they're basically not not outright promising that, but the fact that they keep saying this over and over and over uh, certainly doesn't inspire confidence that, you know, they're, they're looking forward to that requirement staying in. Uh, but, you know, as we've discussed, you know, it's sort of, it, it, it's, it's, it's this curious thing right now with with higher ed, you know, the fact that it's both this, it's considered like this thing that makes you a a a, a fuller human being, a, a more, you know, a more understanding human being gives you greater insight. And there's also a consumer product, right? You know, a, a, essentially, you know, the next four years after after K-12. And, you know, th- those, those tensions have... Uh, higher ed is currently trying to figure out those tensions right about how you how you make sense of the fact that uh you're supposed to you're supposed to impart knowledge even if it's not necessarily like optimized for for time or investment at the same time that it's you know this investment is very 
is very is very, both in terms of the time you invest and also the the money you invest. You know, it's very is very intensive, and so yeah, it's it, it's a hard nut to crack. And WVU, as we've discussed, is sort of emblematic of of that question, and you know, trying to trying to find an answer. Uh, going forward. You know, you, you made a really good point earlier that gave me a little, slightly different perspective. I, I, look, I'm an old guy, all right? Uh, you know, I graduated in the 70s. Um, so I'm still of the belief that uh, higher ed should be for a well-rounded individual. Uh, and most people who graduated when I did wanted that, you know, just a sort of a basic liberal arts kind of background, and then went on to do something specific. But your point is well taken. The job market is different now. The job market is looking for more specifically trained people uh, than they were when I was a kid. Well, not, not a kid, but when I was a student. So I guess maybe, I guess maybe that does put a little different perspective on it. You know, I keep saying, why can't they understand they need to be a liberal arts education, teach everything? But your point is well taken. Maybe part of it's because the job market is different now. Yeah, well, and honestly, you know, the job market is just looking for bodies, right? You know, and so. Yeah. Uh, if you're, if there's some jobs where you're willing to drop the, you know, the college major outright because, you know, you're only able to like get two people to apply for the job and you'd prefer to have a pool of, you know, 40 or 50, uh, you know, you're, you're not necessarily going to be that stingy if somebody's like, well, you know, I've got a WVU degree and, you know, just so you know, it generated a lot of public tension that doesn't come with a language arts requirement. You're like, Hey, I don't care. Like, you know, I, I just need somebody to get in here to do the work and, you know, uh, uh, to help me, you know, get my product out. And so, yeah, it's, it's just a very different, different environment than, you know, uh, than it was when we graduated though. I'm, you know, like I said, there's, I, I don't, these reason the, the sort of concept of the well-rounded person perseveres is because, you know, a lot of people, particularly people in management positions, uh, like the idea of somebody who didn't just focus strictly on the trade, like has all these different insights into all these different things. And so it's attention. It's it's going to be and it, it's how we sort of deal with that going forward, you know, particularly with the curriculum review that WVU will, you know, stand to go through, but also across all sorts of institutions. Uh, It's going to be very interesting because, yeah, we've sort of never gone through this period, right, where where, where the job market has been in such need of of labor, uh, and higher ed has always always sort of uh, been in a spot where, you know, they – They've been the ones. They've been sort of the gatekeepers for you know the the they have uh, that's right last job for a better job, uh, and so we'll see what happens. Dan had a call off the air. Wanted me to ask you, <clears throat> excuse me, if uh, if that is true, and the university would drop the mandatory of a foreign language, would there be a trickle down effect to the junior highs where they would also say, well, that's we don't need point. that anymore? I mean, that's dependent, right? On on uh, I think the state legislature and the the. The Board of Education sets those things, and so you know, I, I can't speak to that. Uh, I don't think I certainly haven't heard those same sorts of, of hints from the state legislature. Uh, but those are the guys; those are the organizations that set those, those sorts of standards. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, 
You'll have to talk, you'll have to ask them. I well, and, and son of God, we probably will. Dan, I, I assume you'll keep an eye on this WVU story. It's probably not a done story for you, right? No, no. I mean, obviously, uh, you had the protests this week. Uh, I'm sure faculty uh, are planning all sorts of uh, uh, different uh, maneuvers uh, going forward, and uh, the administration is is also, you know, obviously handling. You know, not just the communications of this, but now they have to start, you know, uh, actually implementing the policies that they've been uh, promoting. So it's it's definitely a story that is is ongoing. And uh, uh, as you say, one to watch. If I remember, just, if I remember correctly, I think the Board of Governors meets September 19th. My date may be wrong. They have yet they still they're the ones who still have to officially sign off on this right now. It's just a. Uh, a proposal. I suspect it will become reality, but I think the Board of Governors still has to uh, offer their final imprimatur upon that. So we'll see how it goes. Hey, Dan, I appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much. Good. Uh, I appreciate the, your your work as well. I, I really enjoyed the, reading the, uh, the kind of a, a good overview of the whole situation. And I thank you for uh, thanks for joining me. And don't be surprised. One of these days, I may touch base with you again. Yeah, sounds good. And uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate. It. Have yourself a great day. Dan Bauman is with the uh, Chronicle of Higher Education. They've been doing a number of different stories about this. In fact, they were one of the national inst- national uh, publications to kind of first catch on this. Now the, the Post, the Times, the, everybody's talking about it now. Uh, but they were one of the first ones, too. And they've been doing a series of stuff on this, really good stuff. And uh, Dan's piece this week was a really good comprehensive look at what has happened and what could happen as well. Hey, it's 18 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Final check of Ohio Valley headlines from Taylor Long. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this August the 24th. West Virginia District 2 House of Delegate Mark Satezlo announced his decision to run as the Republican candidate for West Virginia Senate District 1. It includes Hancock, Brook, and Ohio counties, along with a portion of Marshall. This is the seat the current District 1 Senator Ryan Weld holds. Satezlo says he looks forward to continuing the work he and Weld had started together. He also says his goals include more businesses, manufacturing, and using river transportation to our advantage in the northern panhandle. And the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, otherwise known as ATF, has partnered with the Wheeling Police Department to host training for state and local officers to strengthen federal firearms, investigations and target violent crime. They discussed available resources such as crime gun tracing and ways ATF and federal prosecutors can better support local public safety strategies. This is part of a series of trainings ATF's Louisville Division is holding with police departments across Kentucky and West Virginia. And the future of Wheeling's downtown parking is taking center stage. As part of the project, the parking meters will have to be removed. These meters are decades old and city officials do not want to reinstall them. Wheeling Mayor Glenn Elliott is proposing a new policy. You would have two hours of free parking in certain areas. They would be rigidly enforced using a camera system and artificial intelligence to read license plates to see how long cars have been sitting. Mayor Elliott hopes this idea could free up more spaces downtown as opposed to people just continuously feeding the meter all day long. And IC Care teamed up with Waterfront Wednesdays last night for the third annual Sunset Senior Fair. It features a wide array of vendors within the healthcare arena. It also had educational experiences and heartfelt contributors to the greater cause of Alzheimer's awareness. Event goers were treated to free games and prizes. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you.
Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. Give us a call today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000, 614 614- for Would it be convenient for you if you could simply take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. I buy vacant properties, inherited homes, divorce situations, death in the family, apartment buildings, rental portfolios. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. Call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer and speak with one of our friendly staff members at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. L13, let's have an auction. L13, 14. Trio at Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Trio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free outside consultation. 304-233-3168. Or visit FrioandStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Spend my dollar, park in a holler neath the mountain moonlight. Hold her up tight, make a little loving, a little turn of dubbing on a Mason Dixon night. It's my life. It is 9.46, 14 to the hour here. Watchdog Morning Show, Bob Westfall from the Big 7, not far away, telling us what they're working on today. Uh, coming up today at 10.06, uh, Gary Abernathy will be on with Dave Wilson. Dave filling in for Hoppy Kerchival. Abernathy, former uh, executive of the Republican Party in West Virginia, now, among other things, a contributing editor to the Washington Post, be talking about the debate last night between the GOP candidates. That's coming up to kick off a statewide talk line at uh, 10.06 today. Coming up at noon today, it's the Donnie Gilbert Radio Show. Nelson Croft is back with the uh, pets of the Ohio County Animal Shelter. Samantha Walters is in as Director of Public Relations for Communicare, supporting Moundsville, Cameron, and Wellsburg Healthcare Centers. And then Dave McLaughlin is in, and uh, Dave and uh, Donnie will be talking about the benefit for Frank Gilbert that is uh, coming up this Sunday at St. Jude Park in Glendale. Uh, Barry Beresford, Barry Beresford is back with the Cornhole King and has some new information to pass along as well. Plus, college football picks will be a part of the show. The Donnie Gilbert Radio Show uh, coming up today at noon, and he will talk more about, and we will mention again, the Frank Gilbert uh, benefit that's uh, coming up on Sunday of this week uh, at uh, St. Jude Park in Glendale, 1 to 8. Frank, uh, Donnie's uh, uh, crazy brother, I say that with love, crazy brother, um, who had a terrible accident, terrible fall. Um, and uh, again, frankly, in the beginning, Bob wasn't expected to make it. Um, and is now doing so much better, um, but he needs a lot of help and therapy and all that kind of good stuff. So raising money for him, $25 tickets for the uh, St. Jude Park Frank Gilbert uh, benefit event, uh, raffles, auctions, uh, food, drinks, live bands all day, just kind of fun way to spend the day. 
Um, all of that's coming up. Yes. Howard, I was thinking, you know, maybe on a slow day, we can play in a little bit, you and I, and maybe we can get some participation from our callers, our listeners. But okay, let's say Howard Monroe uh, retires from the radio business. And it's going happen someday. And, and they offer you Gordon Gee's job. <laughs> can it be fixed? I mean, that's a good excuse question. me, when you think about it, the football p- program is in shambles. The basketball program is in shambles. You just ran out to probably the, the biggest basketball icon this side of Jerry West. Your image has never probably been any worse than it is right now. You're in a conference that has never been a fit. Can this be fixed, Howard? Well, first of all, let me tell you, if I retire, I would rather be a Walmart greeter than take over WVU. <laughs> you gave bow ties, Howard. <laughs> I don't do bow ties very well anyways. Um, the athletics will, in one way or another, resolve itself. Not this year, not next year, but somewhere down the road. I mean, we have had bad situations before. I won't quarrel that this is among the worst, especially the Huggins deal, but it will it will resolve itself somehow, some way. The right coach will come along. Neil Brown will either do well or be gone. So, but but you add that into all that's happening at the university. You add to 169 faculty members being cut. You add to the entire world language program being cut. Uh, even though uh, every time I bring this up, a lot of people want to dodge this. The reality is this university is reprioritizing the kind of university it wants to be. And I don't know, I don't like it, I'll put it that way. You know, to me, uh, you can, there are trade schools, there are colleges and universities that can be more degree-oriented. When you're talking about your your land-grant flagship university, an R1 research institution in this state, you should not be saying, well, if we just get rid of the foreign language requirement, then we won't need to have foreign languages. Um, Can it be saved? Yeah. Will it be uh, in a form? Will of, you and I be around when it's safe? Well, now? I don't know. Again, I, I don't know. The, 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 athletic, the athletics problems only contribute to the bigger problem that's happening in, in, in general. And let's be honest, probably, Bob, these issues would not be as terrible. The, the, I'm referring to the, the cutbacks and so on. If, uh, if the football and basketball teams were playing for championships. I mean, that's just that's, – that's, or even and not such bad, you know. That's what I mean. I mean if, yeah, the, it's just bad. Even if we had Bob Huggins, and I know, I know, and I'm not saying bring him back. Even if we had him, we'd have more of a hope going in. But we have really – what hope do we have? How's the rifle team doing well, these then days? Here comes, the, here comes the other question, and, uh, you know, you're right. We should get into this one these days. Then the other question becomes, given all that's happening at the university – what is the? I keep saying, well, they'll, they'll, I, I've said that you know these things will resolve themselves. Maybe they won't. Maybe WVU decides they don't want to be a contender of the type they have been in athletics. They just want to be a, a you know good middle middle level D one school and play some games. You know that's possible. You've been saying it for so long. We we can feel it as a nation. The next president is very important. The next president of West Virginia University is very important too uh, for us West Virginians. Absolutely. Uh, 9.52, 8 to the hour. We have Bob coming up. He's been waiting on the whole. Oh, well, he's been hearing all this good conversation, and so he's even wiser than he was when he started. Bob Westfall next. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. 
Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real Steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Sports Map Radio is on all night long. Tune in to get up to the minute sports coverage on FM 98.1, AM 1600. We We are the watchdog. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. So stop in and check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room. And be ready for any summer adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end September 5th. Toyota, let's go places. New class, fresh faces. A new school year welcomes us in. It's back to school time. And we're here with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Cool river breeze, like peppermint leaves. The taste of it takes me back. Chewing on a straw, torn over raw, cane pole and old straw hat, muddy river. Just like a long lost friend. I do not necessarily buy this next comment off the Frio Stack auction service text line, but I will say that this is not the first time I have heard this, and it goes to your question, Bob, about what happens after E. Gordon Gee. Uh, from the Frio Stack Auction Service text line at 304-214-1600, Joe Manchin will be the next president of WVU. I think he would be a savior when it comes to something like that. I, I really, really do, but I don't know. You agree? You're the graduate of West I, Virginia. I, I, don't, I don't see that happening, and I don't think it probably is a good idea, although I have to think more about it. But I will say, Michael, who sent this to me, it is certainly not something brand new. I've heard that over and over again, that Manchin and – is the timing right? Is the timing right? E. Gordon Gee about to leave. Uh, Manchin going to have a terrible re-election effort no matter what he does. If he's going to run against Justice or Mooney, it's going to be a hard-fought campaign. Is he going to run for president as a no-labels no candidate? Or maybe, maybe, final chapter of the career, president of WVU. I have heard no—I want to be clear. I have heard no inside information about that, but there's been a lot of— social media, gossip, political talk about it. That'd be great news for his family. They could get those fancy degrees without all, even uh, too much of the hassle like they had to go through before, Howard. Yeah, they tried that, you know, tried that before, you know. Well, it didn't really <laughs> cause a little bit of trouble. Bob Westfall is here from the Big 7 WTRF TV. What do you think, Joe Manchin for president of, uh, of WVU? I, I think you should take it. No, Bob offered. Bob said, "If I retire, would I do that?" I said, "No, I'd rather be a Walmart greeter than uh, than go to be but president." You, could, you, could, you know, you I like a challenge. I like a challenge, but not that great a challenge, quite frankly. Oh, okay. Well, I think you could do it. I, I'd have to wear a bow tie too. I think. No, yeah. bow ties are cool though. Yeah. All right. If if bow tie is E. Gordon Gee's little little uh, catch image, I wonder what mine could be. What can I do that I have to have something that uh, knife and fork. That's, there you go. I'll, just get, I'll carry my... A bib. I'll, but a bib. That's it, Bob. I'll carry. I'll, I'll wear a bib all the time. I like that. I like that. All right. Bob, what are you guys working on today? What's happening in the uh, world right, out there? A couple things we're working on. Uh, something from last night. We uh, 
Uh, we'll check out a meeting talking about the uh, streetscape downtown mm-hmm. and the future of parking meeting parking meters. Uh, part of the project meters have been removed. Uh, there's a debate over whether uh, to reinstall them when the project is complete at that cost or uh, or uh, eliminate them and find uh, other ways of financing. Um, so we followed that up tonight uh, or last night. Um, so Glenn Elliott's got a comment. That whole story is on WTRF.com. So if you want to check that out, we've got that today uh, on our web. So some of the other things we are working on today, um, new medical marijuana dispensary opening up in the Grove. Yep, saw that. Uh, so we're going to go up. Yep, we're going out today. We're going to talk to them about uh, their opening. I do believe it's this weekend. Uh, so we'll have something updated on that today. I think, they, I think it's Country Roads. Country Roads, take me home. Yeah, there you go. See a guy out there uh, in a dumpster later. That's me, Bob. <laughs> don't, don't, don't pay attention to that. Oh, there you go. I'll, I'll tell you what we did. Uh, we did stories uh, uh, with the two in Wintersville, and trust me, there, there's just no way. I mean, uh, a NASA safe room, a clean room, has nothing on these places up there. Um, so if if you're in the dumpster, you're in the dumpster by yourself because you're not going to find anything. Um, I know we did. Um, I think Tessa Tiro went up once, and I think Stephanie Grinley went up uh, to the other one. And uh, it's amazing what the protocols are, uh, at least in Ohio. I assume West Virginia is going to be similar. But uh, the protocols when it comes to a medical marijuana dispensary are very strict and very impressive. So um, so we'll, we'll find out about all that today. Annalise Murphy is going over to pick up that story. Uh, our back-to-schools continue. Franciscan University in Steubenville is back. Colin Roos is up there this morning. He's going to check out the students, uh, what's going on up there, what's new. Uh, so we continue on that. I think the last one to go back will be Wheeling University, and new students go back uh, will back to the dorms, I believe, tomorrow. Uh, returning students are over the weekend, and classes do, I do believe, begin Monday. So uh, that will be one of our last back-to-schools. Um, Buckeye Local went back today. I had to deal with uh, uh, a school zone to driving into work this morning. So they are back today. Um, and I think that's about it. I think we've got two. We've got one late September, but I don't have the list in front of me. So uh, we're we're back to school. It's uh, it's uh, literally almost fall. Yep, so summer's uh, summer is pretty much wrapped up. If back to school was the uh, the uh, figurative end of summer for a lot of kids and teachers, it's it's over, guys. It's over. Of course, the good news is then they get to school for a week and then they get a Labor Day break. So you get to get that. Right. Too. If somebody told me you had to go back to school on a Thursday, I I think I'd have taken two days off already. <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, All right. People can check things out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 530 is the region wide show. Always at WTRF.com. And of course, carry Channel 7 with you in your pocket on your smartphone or tablet with uh, the Storm Tracker 7 app and the News app. I will talk to you tomorrow, Bob. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right. Bye, guys. And uh, I guess uh, we'll get together again tomorrow morning, try it again, wrap the week up, highlights of the week. McCabe and I will be here, travel show, all that kind of good stuff. Can't wait, Howard. The good news is I'm, I don't have to get up on the roof. I was going to ask you, you're not going to the roof no, anymore. No, 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 no. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go see if I can sit in the rain. It's 10 o'clock, Watchdog Morning Show. Huckleberry Finn, roll on Mississippi. You make me feel like a child again.